beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. <laughs> but then you got preachers, uh, Jarena Lee, you got folks like Ida B. Wells come along, and, and, and all of these people who are either leading or in the Black church tradition coming and trying to like say, hey guys, I know y'all say that this is what we believe as a nation more or less, but that's not in line with this, pract- this practice that, that is in front of all of our faces, so let's do something about it. And that's what, like, one of the reasons that Martin Luther King was often referred to as an agitator is because he would deliberately dramatize those things. Like he would bring it to the full, like, okay, y'all, okay, okay, this is what we're about as a nation. Look, look at what we got going on over here. Welcome back, everybody, to Three Black Men. Uh, I am Robert. I'm Trey. I'm Sam. Hey, this is Three Black Men. (laughs) What it be? (laughs) Um, Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. And uh, I, I first wanted to say thanks for the reception for the podcast that we had with uh, Sharifa. Yeah. And we've had so many good comments and dialogue with people online and through messages. And so that Absolutely. was a wonderful podcast. Do you guys have any thoughts uh, on that before we get started? Nah, yeah, the uh, the the support, the love, the sharing uh, that was felt. It was overwhelming. I'm humbled. Um, yeah, Sharifa, you dope. Like, shout out to the homie Sharifa. For real. real dope. Real, real dope. dope. First and foremost, if you if you listening to this and you like, what are they talking about? Pause this one real quick and then go back and listen to the two conversations we go had with back. Sharifa. Yes, um, and, and yeah. it's gonna bless your Wait, life. I promise you. How many? Is it two of them things? Two of them things. Check out both of them. Two of them things, man. Two hot ones. I'll keep it real with you. Um, uh, because I didn't even know this was possible to my sister did this with my name, but you could go in like the the podcast app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Pod, whatever you're doing, and search for a name. And wherever they be like guests in that, if if they name show up in the title or the show notes, it'll show up. And I started podcast stalking Sharifa just to listen to her talk to a bunch of people. And it it blessed my life majorly. So yeah, yeah, do that, John. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And I want to continue having conversations with with Sharifa and others and other Black women. Um, it's just opened up this new space of healing and mutual sharing that it's been beautiful. It's all love. Um, Three so Black t- Minutes for the people. Hey, hallelujah. That's right. Amen. So today on the pod, we're going to be talking about the documentary, the docuseries, The Black Church. This is our story. This is our song. So it's our first time reviewing um, a piece of uh, of art, uh, a work, a movie. Yeah. So um, let's get into it. Uh, so first, uh, so this came on on PBS uh, this past week is when a lot of us got into it. Um, and so 
what I, I want to say, what, what was beautiful about getting into this docuseries that talked about the history of the Black church um, from the time that a lot of us landed here um, till now was a lot of us watched it at the same time in different time zones. And we were tweeting it, tweeting out thoughts, critiques, laughs. And that experience felt like church to me. And it was beautiful. <laughs> it was it was beautiful. I, I hadn't even heard of the series. Um, but I really, really enjoyed getting to watch it in community, in our own homes, yeah. but in community, in our own homes. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh so first as we're as we're thinking about this series it was a two-part series that came on pbs check it out and i'll i'll link to it in the show notes uh what thinking about it first as a piece of art as a work of art you guys are very talented in that art space i want to kick it to you guys Give me a few thoughts and give the listeners a few thoughts on what you think of it as uh, a piece of art. And we'll start with Sam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, the man, uh, because oh. he's gifted in this space. Sam is the man with nah. the master plan. <laughs> exactly. We call him Sam. Nah, that's too much sauce. Now nah, I'm just playing. Uh, no, so uh, I'm a sucker for a good documentary. So um, I was... Well, at the the trailer had me um the music um the the preaching it was uh it was nostalgic uh and then like you mentioned um everybody sort of watching it together and live tweeting it so like growing up for me we used to gather at my aunt and uncle's house like on the weekends and we would watch movies and football and so for me it gave me that familiarity of just being with my own people you know what I'm saying? And enjoying art, enjoying us. Um, you know, even though I didn't live tweet too much, but I enjoyed reading some of the tweets because I was taking notes. <laughs> I was taking notes of what I, you know, trying to keep track of what I liked and what didn't like. Um, but not as, as art, man. I thought it was, um, I thought they did really good with music. Um, I maybe would have chose, I, I would probably would have chose some, uh, added some preachers to it and, and maybe lingered in some areas a little bit longer um but it was uh it, I, felt, I felt like overall it was well put together uh it's just hard to put so many years of black church black theology black culture into four hours of a documentary is not enough time so uh you know it felt a little rushed in some some spaces yeah no i hear that i hear that what about you trey yeah, man, from a strictly artistic standpoint, I think they largely and mostly hit a home run um, just in the image that it put forth, the feelings that it engendered in the viewers as a whole. I don't think there's a lot to critique from a strictly artistic and presentation standpoint. And I don't want to undersell that. I think it was very important because as much um, as black people and black Christians might've enjoyed that, it was also a very large audience of people, um, white and, and black to an extent, but a lot of white people who, this is their first exposure to that history. 
and and having it put together in that fashion was important. So I don't want to undersell that by being like going straight to the criticism because there, 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 there's a fair deal of warranted criticism in a lot of different aspects. But just like you said, you mentioned the music a lot, Sam, because that's one thing I noticed um, and I put together a fair amount of videos and everything. If there's ever a time when I think there's solid content, um, but I, I'm afraid of losing people, picking the right music will get the job done, right? Yep. So just the way they did it, they had the right cuts, the right footage going in, in the right places, a nice mixture of people you've seen before, your Martin Luther Kings, the, mm -hmm. the old school heavy set Al Sharpton, all those people spliced in the right places to keep you uh, uh, interested at the same time that they're introducing you to people and, and histories that you might not know about and connecting some things. Like a lot of people know about the uh, Emmanuel Amy Baptist Church from the Charleston shooting, but they might not know the history going all the way back to Denmark Vesey or VC, yes. depending on US. Um, and I think just the way that it was put together and presented was very well done and also very important as a statement for the legitimacy of the history here, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times people ask that we're questioning like, why is there a black church which seems pretty obvious to me but okay now we can point to this like go 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 watch this it has pictures and everything you know what i'm saying like we can get you caught up <laughs> and, and i think from from that standpoint it was well done um but yeah like i said especially towards the end of the second episode it started feeling like Episode of division with the uh, <laughs> all of a sudden we, we hopping through it. decades, you know. Stop it. Uh. I, I stop. I listen, I think uh, I'm less talented in the art space uh, than these two brothers. Uh, so, oh, you're not neither. Uh, um, don't do that. And, and no, all. in this specific realm, I, I am. But what I, what I would say as a casual observer, is um, I feel like if if the um, the expected end was to give uh, dignity and to highlight the black church and to put forth an image that counteracts the narrative that is in a lot of spaces, I think as a work of art, I think it did that. Now people can wrestle with the efficacy of this particular work of art and does it do that excellent? Does it do it well enough? Does it, you know, all those things can be argued. And I think, I think they, they, they should be argued. Right. And, and, and so I don't want to dissuade that, but from a generalized standpoint, I think that it does. I think that it does put forth, um, a semblance of the dignity that black believers deserve on American soil and yeah. more than they have gotten period. So I think it can be critiqued um, just as any other um, art piece would be right. So Absolutely. if you put yeah. something out there, it will be critiqued. Right. So um, just as any docu-series will, you know, <laughs> they go light it up. <laughs> but I, I, one thing I'm hesitant to, to kind of trace point is I think sometimes we, when something black is put out there, people be quick to shoot it up. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, it was, it didn't show everything that it could have possibly shown. I'm like, 
I mean, how many, how many docuseries are out there like this? <laughs> and not giving it a pass. And I don't want to make it light as if that critique is irrelevant, but it's also, I just think of probably the struggle to get something out there, you know, um, just as much as you could critique this podcast as three black men. Um, there are a lot of things that we could change that we can make better that we can improve. I also don't listen to a lot of those critiques uh, because I know there are not, I know because I search in, I search all the time. Are there a lot of other black men having theological conversations that are in this particular format? They're not. So some of your critiques, I'd just be like, why don't you start that podcast home? (laughs) Yeah. It's three black men. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and i think i think that's it's, it's always a delicate balance to strike right because mm-hmm. you don't want to ignore the valid critiques but at the same token let people enjoy things <laughs> like that's, yes, yes, yes. yeah that's yeah. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. sometimes <laughs> sometimes it comes down to that like okay a completely unrelated example right like other day, yeah, y'all know I'm a huge basketball nut, and and Anthony Edwards, like rookie basketball player for the Minnesota Timberwolves, had this crazy, insane, destroyed, yeah, destroyed <laughs> Yuta Watanabe on on a dunk the other day, right? And it, it was out, it was insane. And then some NBA writer was like, "Oh, I see this dunk all over Twitter, but nobody wants to talk about his stat line and that he's shooting one for seven And I'm like, "Boy, you, Sir, can we you, just enjoy this right yeah, now, please? You, right. Like, come come on, man. Like, so so." I think there has to, we have to give people room to enjoy things and then find the spaces and the communities to have those conversations where the critique um, is received in the right spirit. Yes. Right. Because one thing that we do have to be careful of is sitting there poking holes right in the place because in, in light of what I just said about the fact that this is some people's first exposure to the history of the black church and if they see all these people like oh they didn't talk about this they didn't talk about this then all of a sudden like we almost start building an argument to oh well that was trash anyway and I need to disregard all of that as yes, opposed yes. to this is a foundation on which I need to build my my knowledge base about this very real very valid very important history yes and I think it couldn't be exhaustive right like I, yeah. I think sometimes because there is a dearth of our stories in the mainstream right then all of our hopes reside when someone does make it right and and so so then it's so then there are the critiques of why wasn't this person included why wasn't there more of this why wasn't there more of this it should have been this and and what's sad is why why did this one documentary have to like (laughs) reside all the hopes for black believers period I, I think, yes, critique this, but can we multi- multitask and say, why don't, why aren't there more docu-series in general? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. rather than, so, so some people, and again, I'm using this podcast as an example, because sometimes they get this. Why aren't there, why isn't there a woman on this podcast? Well, well that would not be three black men to Sam's <laughs> point. That, that would not be that. But also I think that should be a podcast. Three black men and a black woman. 
don't I mean, make this podcast. Maybe call it something else, though. Yeah, just, <laughs> no, call it something else. But like, don't make this medium have to bear the brunt of right. a lack of uh, voices that are out there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, there. If you're feeling, why aren't there more podcasts with more? you know, with a woman as a co-host. Well, Mm -hmm. don't make three black men be that. There should also be (laughs) that. And and that's that's part of the reason why publicly I left a lot of my critiques out. Uh, I I I think the only only critique I remember um, tweeting during it was was, uh, a retweet uh, about there actually being Christians like uh, in Africa, right? Like, so not every slave came and received Christianity. Like some of them may have already been Christians. Um, and, and, and that's historical fact, like there were Christians in Africa. So that was the one critique I had because the wording that they chose to use almost made it seem as if like they were coming from this pagan land that had no idea who Christ was, period. And maybe, maybe it just, maybe a bit, maybe it was just that region, right? Um, so that was it. But every like as far as like if I would put pastors or whatever, honestly, that's an in-house conversation because that's just a preference thing for me. Um, yeah, but but to you. y'all's point, but like this three black men, it's us. So like I'll, I'll, I don't mind offering that, but I wanted people to enjoy that because there were people that I felt like um, I really wanted them to see that and enjoy that uh, almost like a, almost almost from a show and tell perspective. Right. Like, yo, this yes. is where I came from. Right. Like y'all want to know why three black men is a thing like like why we have our own theological beliefs y'all want like you know as close as you can get is a look into what it was like growing up in a in a a black space black culture um here right and look and 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 prayerfully you have a brand of deconstruction that would allow you to view this from a pure perspective Right and not critique every little thing to say. See, I told you they had faulty theology. I love, I love how you worded that, brother. Actually, that, that was surgical. <laughs> yeah, that was that was very wild. I couldn't execute. That, that, I was like, like whoa! You stuck the know. landing, bro. You stuck the landing. Perfect. I know. Perfect I was like, ten. whoa! That was that was. If I had a head, I'd take it off. That was, nah, that was a ten out of ten, brother. No, nah, I'm just messing. I, nah, but uh, no, nah, because seriously though, that's just you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I let me ask you, brothers, this as we as we you know get more into the um, uh, into this conversation. So let's take episode one first. Um, give me some thoughts that struck you in the episode one. Episode one was two hours, I believe, right? Yeah, um, just shoot out some some thoughts um, related to it. I don't know. I, I was feeling really good about episode one um, because of like it. Okay. It provides the context or provided the context in which the black church, as we know and understand it as like an actual institution was born. And I think that's very, very critical to understanding the lay of the land today for a few reasons, right? Like depending on where we could assume you sat or laid or or found your 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 cabin 
on the slave ship, right? Like that, that has a lot to do about your theology or that tells us a lot about what your theology, what shape your theology might've needed to take. And the first yeah, well episode said. dealt with that a whole lot with regards to, uh, uh, okay, like Rob, I, saw, I remember you tweeted at one point about the <clears throat> the pews, uh, the, 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 the black pews. Mm -hmm. And everything, and, and and just that separation, and talking about Richard Allen and the, and the history of Amy. And there's so many important things that happened historically. And I remember I even shared a nugget because um I don't know if it's still there or not, but the Black History Museum in Richmond, Virginia, had an actual pew that was from uh, a church for enslaved people, or one of the pews that was entrusted for the enslaved people. And when it was it was constructed at a full 90 degree angle, right, like a, a right angle, so that you had to sit straight up because they didn't want any of them falling asleep during the service, right? Uh, and I remember sitting in that as a child, like I couldn't have been more than seven or eight and, and thinking to myself like, wow, this is so uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that that first episode, and this, this these are just connections that made with me personally, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. All, all that stuff that it, it drummed up. But the fact of the way that this religion, that this version of Christianity was presented to so many people to my ancestors and all of those things and i almost found myself getting um incredulous at certain points as to why people might seem confused or not understand some of the hostility that that me and people like me might have towards certain expressions of christianity yeah <laughs> you know um and and so part one kind of grounded me in it uh, it was almost sort of vindicated and like, no, I'm not imagining any of this. Like, this is real life, not just black history, not just Christian, this is American history. This, this, this is all of us, whether or not you identify as a Christian or any of those things. Right. Yeah, I think for me, when I, I think about the first episode, it hit me in so many different emotional points, right? Like I, I did not grow up in the quote unquote black church, right? I grew up as a, as, a, as, a, and I say quote unquote, because there's this assumption that if you're black, you grew up in the black church right. and there's, there isn't a lot of talk about black atheists. I want to talk more about that. Um, like sure. I have a wealth of thoughts um, someday, um, but I didn't grow up in it and I've come to intersect in, in love and have a relationship with the black church as I got older, right? And, but what I love as I've been on this journey is learning that my story is tied with the black church, even though I grew up as an atheist, because black history, American history, and the black church are intertwined. And it doesn't matter whether you even, it doesn't matter. I'm, I, I, I did not believe in God. Well, it didn't matter a lot of the civil rights movement came out of the black church, the force of it, yeah. Yeah. where they stage things from. Um, like my history is tied with the black church. So, yeah. so getting to see some more of that and share it with others was so moving to me in episode one and thinking about, uh, you know, to uh, Sam's earlier point, just the, not just the Christianity that, that, uh, enslaved people brought here, but also the different cosmological understandings, yes. the different frameworks that people were bringing actually helped to shape black theology and yeah. black orthopraxy. Like they, 
there were black Muslims that came to these shores and we would be, it would, it would behoove us to pay attention to what they understood about God mm -hmm. as they intersected with the gospel message. And as they started to frame out, okay, then what does this mean for me? There were people that were into various forms of mysticism. And I know there's a strain of Christianity that would uh, say all of that's useless. That's, that's not important. But what is important to me that I saw in there is the Christianity that was birthed in the black church helped us survive and it was necessary for our survival mm -hmm. and our thriving. And so I care less about what enslaved enslavers thought about my ancestors understanding of God. I care a lot about my ancestors and how they were able to take their understanding of God in their own native place and merge it and come out with a religion that actively served them. Yes. And it was beautiful. It made me so proud to be in my skin. And I thought of my ancestors and I went to bed. I just, I cried that night so profoundly. And I said this phrase, I wrote this phrase on Twitter and then I cried my eyes out and I literally went to sleep crying and I woke up in tears. Um, that I'm a son of blackness. And if nobody else wants me, I know there is a place where I am wanted. And that stuck with me and I felt the spirit's presence on that phraseology for me. That that's what the that documentary gave to me, that there's a place where if nobody else wants me, that I am wanted and my ancestors carved out this place, almost in the cleft of the rock, so to speak, wow. for me to survive. And they made it a place for me to grow up and survive. Yeah. And I cannot ever forget that. And I will never be too good for my ancestors, too smart for their theological understanding. Mm -hmm. um, no, they made a place just like Moses was allowed to survive and women looked out for him. My ancestors made a way for me to survive and grow up and be the man I am today. And I felt that all the way through episode one. Yeah. Um for me, it was, it was, and I mentioned it before, it was really nostalgic. So like, I grew up, um, uh, until I was 11 years old, I was raised in a town that was founded by slaves, right? By freed slaves. Um, I even shared a, I shared a couple times um, articles on Twitter. Uh, I'll find them and reshare them again uh, for y'all so y'all can see, but um, the pillar of those, so there, I couldn't tell you how big, the town is um there's no red lights well it, they were there weren't there might i think there's a flashing red light and a and another red light now um but literally this community is houses and land where you can see where these freed slaves built community and it's literally probably five families like we're we're pretty much all related somehow um, five core families, I'll say five core. It's more families than it, but it's like five core family names um, that are there, if that. And so in this community, there are three churches, right? One of them, my great grandfather built um, 
we built a house behind that church. I was raised in that church. Another church is around the corner and there's another church across the street. So there's three churches that are probably within four football fields of each other. And these were the center between those three churches and the youth center that was there. We call it the youth center, like the letter U. <laughs> the youth center, um, those were the pillar of that community. And still to this day, on Sunday morning, everybody that lived in that community was at one of those three churches. After school, most of the kids that lived in the community was at that youth center. And then they would go from there to like choir rehearsal. <laughs> they would go to live from there or, or Bible study. Like, and so that's how I grew up, right? One of those churches is an AME church. The other one was a Baptist church. And I, uh, two of them, uh, one was a missionary Baptist church. The other was a free world Baptist church. But like, that's where I grew up until I was 11 years old. And so it brought back so many memories. But then later on that night, there was a lot that came back and not, uh, there was a lot that came back from my childhood where I could see how um, some of those things were taken away. Um, just because, uh, so one of the things that the, the, the documentary did, I thought they did a, a really good job at it was explaining black culture and how it it's influences black theology and vice versa. Right. And yeah. so um, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm really learning now, I just picked up James Cone's um, the one about the blues. Y'all read that book. Um, oh, you, you are so, so he's basically talking about how um, our music influences and, and, and our music. And so there's literally like, there are people who can't separate the, there are people who separate secular from Christianity. And so there's like that culture side where, so some people you might find them Saturday night at a bar, but then other people are Sunday morning in the church. And what would draw them, what drew them was the sense of community and the music, right? Um, there, there was something about the music, like a, a the way we communicated, right? When we would get together, Africans, like when we first got to America, uh, even back in Africa, um, how we would share our stories and we would commune over music. Music was a big part of it. We have our barbecues now, we have music, right? Like that's a big part of our culture is our music. And so one of the things that I, like, as I was growing up, um, there was this sort of like a separation of, well, I was sort of taught that black culture wasn't necessarily Christian culture, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, you're making if sense. it ain't gospel music, you can't listen to it. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's, there's the same hurt. There's the same experiences in there. It's just interpreted different from say blues or R and B to gospel music, same experiences. It's just in a different interpretation, right. And, and of how it's, it, it's expressed. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm merging those back together because for me, like there were, there was a lot um, where there was, there was a lot done. I, I'm starting to see now there was a lot done to where I felt like uh, I was sort of taught black culture was just, or there were elements of black culture were just pagan. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's where it kind of drifted. And, and so 
watching this documentary really brought um it brought some correction on some things but it was just nostalgic and it renewed my love for um just the black community black church um gathering with my own people right like me and my wife talking we were like uh I kind of miss being around us like I can't wait till this is over so that I can be around us again you know what I'm saying like it's hard to gather like I enjoyed this with y'all but like I'm ready to I'm ready to hang out you know what I'm saying I think you hit on something real big real important there Sanders now because you you talked about this bifurcation this double-mindedness that occurred where everything that constituted black culture wasn't necessarily Christian so 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 we were taught and trained that like no we don't really deal in this sort of way and I think a lot of that thinking well this this is me theorizing right now right this isn't I I can't bat this up don't don't take this one to the bank or nothing but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that from emancipation we recognized that we had to work harder to get the same things as other people, right? So there was always this moral suasion, this attempted moral suasion and and proving uh, mm-hmm. that we were worthy of rights that were granted to everybody else. We felt we thought we had to earn that through our conduct and through what we put forth and that a lot of our behaviors, like things that are native to every single culture in some degree, some form or fashion that we we didn't have the luxury of engaging in those things mm-hmm. because of the, the battle we were trying to fight, right? So I think that part of that was the church policing each other and ourselves and trying to like, no, let's not do that because we still have battles to win. Is that a form yeah. of assimilation? Oh, I, I, I think so. Absolutely. I, I, I absolutely believe it is. And, and here's why I think it's important to acknowledge it and name it as such. Because here we can sit in hindsight and say through all of that, it did not work. Mm. Right. Frederick Douglass, who was active in the black church, I talked about on another episode of the AME Zion church. He was he was a licensed minister in that church um, is as prescient and at the forefront of, of, of the battle that eventually culminated in the 14th Amendment as anybody else on the American landscape, right? You mm-hmm. skip, I know we was talking about the first episode, but you look at Martin Luther King and those people and, and the active role they played in bringing about the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and 1965. But I say all that to say that the Black church is as important to shaping America as we know it as anything else. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of data to suggest that the country we have would not look like it does. To, to your point earlier, Rob, when you said that it's not just like black church history, it's America history. Yeah, like it, it is. The black church helped America be America. We 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 spoke prophetically to make America live up to its stated ideals. We we and and I say all of that to say that even having done all of that, still sit here in the year 2021 and have people ignorant and I don't mean that in the insulting sense I mean literally not knowing about the black church tradition and then you know on another level the actual like I guess uh insult not insulting but 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 the more harmful ignorance is people who will go out of their way to denigrate yeah the the in in the integrity and the intellectual contributions of the black church and and all the way I've done to see that that's still happening we don't have much of a reason to believe that moral suasion is worth keeping around anymore, right? <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, yeah. for that reason yeah. today in the black church, and I think um, I was in a conversation a couple of days ago about like the disconnect between a lot of uh, 
black millennials in particular and, and the black church. But I think a lot of it is like, no, like we've tried these tactics for literally over a century and, and it hasn't gotten us that much grounds or in any grounds we have can't be attributed to the fact that we were trying to do this whole moral suasion thing, this moral uplift. So why don't we just bring all of us to the table and, and duke it out with what we got, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I, you're, you're, you're reminding me of some things. I think when I was watching the documentary, I had this thought of, okay, these are my people. These are my ancestors. This is what they constructed. And as they were, they were, you know, thinking these thoughts and trying to make a society, they weren't, it wasn't just God. It was all of it was intersecting. They were trying to, they were, these were survival tactics, right? So they were forming theology on the fly as survival tactics, you know, um, even after uh, slavery was over, they had to survive, you know, and so now how do we construct church in a way that will allow our babies to live, you know, yes. and, um, and I think they made a lot of mistakes along the way, but also I'm, it pains me to think of, I, I haven't had to be in that position in that way, you know, we stand at our own intersection in time. You know, but here they were thinking, how do we have daughters and sons of the church, but protect them and allow them to be change agents, but also just to survive and be in this hostile environment, not just like kind of, you know, like how can they hold on to God who freed us in their work, in their, in their view, but also we need to survive. And it, it let me know that you know, for so long, I think we have tried to combat, um, how do I want to say this? We have tried to combat what white people feel about black theology and black theorizing. And this let me know again that to your point, Trey, it doesn't matter. We can be, we can do all the hoops and they still won't respect us. Yes. These, these women and men we're literally surviving with nothing and you still don't respect them to this day. People still don't know about the history of the black church and it took the black church. I didn't know the part about the preachers were the ones that came and asked for the 40 acres and the mule. Yeah. Well, yeah. it took black preachers indicting the moral conscience of this morally corrupt nation to get us practical things and you're asking me in 2021 what relevance is black theology and black preaching is foolish we had to literally morally indict your redacted and then <laughs> then you you didn't even do that right so it's like yeah. it took black preachers that hey you know so you're freeing us um so we need like land you know uh we need hey, rinse and yeah, I um so we have a couple minutes left um oh, to hit all of um episode two. So as we wrap up, uh a couple thoughts on episode two. Anything that's stuck out to you? My neck hurt. Whiplash, man. <laughs> nah, um, episode two, 
it was, I think, okay, so part of, of the feeling that people have about going so fast was because of the pace and the depth of episode one, like in comparison, it felt like they tried to cram a whole lot of action into the same amount of time. And, and that was jarring in a sense, mm-hmm. but I think they they did pretty decent considering the constraints and what the, the I guess the charge I don't I don't know what what PBS ordered from them or, or what that looked like but um some some stuff like there, there were some there were a lot more omissions in the second episode that that they were like ah man like can we talk about this part a little more I found yeah. myself saying that a lot more the second night than the first night yeah, yeah. I think for me like you know you know so they got hit on the first night that that they didn't include more stuff the second night they included all the stuff and then they still said some people still said they didn't include i'm like well included all the stuff so they included all the stuff i felt like we were in overdrive pull up to my bumper baby i it was a lot and i remember tweeting out can we slow this train down a little bit because it was so much stuff that I remember I was still stuck on Rosetta, beautiful saint of the Lord playing guitar. And I was like, oh, she's playing that thing. And then I was like, man, we're like uh, decades past that now. I was we like, wait. Rosetta, we went from Rosetta to Mike Todd. And, uh, yeah, I was, like, I was like, wait, but she was playing that guitar though. She was playing that fucking thing. I remember thing. you tweeted it. That <laughs> I was, was like, funny. We did a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah. And, and for me, it was a lot. And they would have got hit either way if mm-hmm. they would have slowed it down. But I, it, was, it was a lot. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. It was a whole lot of history. <laughs> I, think, um, I think for me, the second episode, it was really fast. Like I said, uh, I, I didn't like how they kind of took us on the trip and mentioned church hurt and uh they touched on the prosperity gospel so they talked on the faults of it um but i, f- I almost feel like they kind of i feel like there were there are black preachers from the 90s um oh and and the late 80s and 90s when that prosperity gospel really hit hard they were still true to the gospel um and they didn't really talk about that uh, I feel like I wish they would have talked about the recovery of some of those things and how and highlighted some pastors that are uh, trying to move past those things and 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 bring healing and wholeness uh, to their community and to the black their their congregation and and, and to the black church. Uh, I wish there would have been that in there because I, f- I almost feel like they talked about it and then they sort of went to like this family setting and it's just like it almost came across as like, you know what, family do each other wrong, but at the end of the day, we family, and it's just like, and I, but how we heal? And I almost, about the prosperity gospel, I gotta get this off my chest. I feel like black people really get hit for the prosperity gospel, and I really need y'all to do your homework. It's white people in that thing. Yes, Tough. that's that's one. But also, <laughs> and I'm gonna say this softer than I mean it, Okay, you hear me, everybody? It is very weird when a religion and a society forces the marginalized into a place of no return. And the marginalized creates 
a framework to understand the divine that uplifts them because you didn't do your job, a preacher man. And you made society so oppressive that then these famous things that are in prosperity gospel, I don't know that everything that gets attributed to the prosperity gospel is even false. I think some of it is is a natural byproduct of being marginalized in a society that does not take care of the poor and the weak. And so when we're having to name and claim it, and that's the joke, 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 oh, black people just want to name it and claim it. Well, we wouldn't have to if y'all, if you would provide for us. Yeah, I don't don't like labeling things blank gospel period for the fact that most of them are very much grounded in the gospel. They might emphasize some aspects of the gospel more than others, but the fact yeah. of the matter is when, when quote, end quote, uh, quote, unquote, orthodox theologians uh, do the same thing, it's not labeled as anything, it's just labeled that's, as the yes, gospel. That's exactly, right? yes. And then yeah. that's, that's a problem I have for the simple fact that when we have slaveholders forming denominations and seminaries or or just being regular revivalists and preachers that that lay the groundwork for all of that stuff later and, and and they're literally writing sermons on the back of of the bill itself for slaves and 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 using slave labor to build orphanages and all of those things we don't label that the the slave the slavers gospel let's yeah. just we just call them gospel preachers right oh um, yeah. and 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 i think that's raggedy like you do you are uh, <laughs> it's real raggedy that, yeah, we gotta we gotta call out for what it is. Like you, yeah. you, uh, you're not slick. I, we we see like it make it make sense how you have whole denominations built on what you're saying, Trey, mm-hmm. um, and built on the slave gospel. Since we're name we're naming and claiming things, and you got whole denominations built on it, whole seminaries that are st- were built on it and are still functioning today. In, in essentially slave time religion, um, still mm-hmm. oppressing people in the same exact ways. You got the name of slaveholders all up on the building. And you got the name, real. and even without it, y'all are still acting like slave masters to this day. And then you got the nerve to say to the marginalized, oh, look at them taking stuff out of context and look at them actually thinking that God wants to provide for them. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And, like, and you got this... And got the got the blood of that same marginalized cemented in the in the bricks of their own building. Make it make sense, hun. It's not making it's not adding up, hun, at I, all. I like, do want to say this, right? I I I understand. And and this I could just because I don't want people coming at me on Twitter. <laughs> like I know like it's more nuanced. Like the, I said prosperity gospel because that's the way they presented it on the on the documentary, but I know like things are more nuanced, and I'm not I, it's not I don't I think there are some things in there that are true that I can get jiggy with. So I, I, I'm not trying to like, you know, if you believe that I ain't trying to throw you under the bus and be like, Oh, well you think wrong stuff and we got to recover. From, uh, I no, I think that. to me, I, I was just I'm, addressing it from the, from, from how they presented it is what they, I'm saying. They present it as one thing. My whole push. What it's more I am nuanced pushing, than how they presented it. I'm not even bringing the nuance. I so think. I'll say that for me specifically, Yeah, I'm bringing it's corny to critique the prosperity gospel mm-hmm. when you're not critiquing what Slave even led gospel. up to the prosperity gospel and you're yeah. not critiquing the slaveholding gospel. Yeah, this, I, th- this- I think I let 
the marginalized mind, they marginalize business. And I think it's real whack then to, to only focus on, man, people are getting rich off this. I mean, how about, I, I guess I'm very pragmatic in this sense. There is something that gave a rise to the prosperity gospel. Instead of critiquing the after effect, that's whack to me. That's what I'm, that, I guess that's my strong, bold statement. That's yeah. my statement. It's, you need to critique all of the things that led up to that, and I think a lot of things that we we say as prosperity gospel isn't even that crazy, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and I don't want you to hear this as, as a critique of anything you said, Sam, because I, I hear you and mm-hmm. I hear your heart behind it, all that and everything, but like that whole nuance thing, I don't give a, a care. I, I do not care about the nuance because I'm gonna tell you what, one thing that I'm absolutely done with in this season of my life is letting other people set the terms of my discourse, because like, as, as we just said oh, a bunch of times, whatever, they're not really the, the only time they they they, they want to talk about the nuance of of the slave the, the slave gospel, right? And, and all that stuff is is when they get the pushback or whatever. So I'm not gonna sit here and stand on the defensive because you feel like recasting me as 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 whatever you feel like. I will stand by the gospel just as they claim to do. <laughs> Wherever our differences lie, that's yeah. where it's at. But you like I'm a, I'm not too interested in in sitting here and trying to prove myself as a true gospel believer or whatever. When they gonna twist my words anyway, you know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, no. I, so I said the nuance thing that was for the black people that might hold to that. That yeah, was no, I don't care I, nothing about nobody else. Anybody I, else? I don't care. I that was for you. them. That was for I us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but you. but can I get in trouble real quick? Um, okay. I, I and this is just me. I think the driving force behind that is capitalism. And and I've been thinking about this. I think the most dangerous thing in America and one of the things that has hurt our community so bad is people living beneath the poverty line with the capitalist mentality. You don't have that privilege, right? You're a consumer and you're being taken of advantage of by the same system that you wanna push you see, like, Trey, you remember you had that, that neighbor that was, you said they drove that car, the bumper was hanging off, but they was talking about this tax plan. <laughs> Bro, you don't even fit that, ta- you don't, that don't apply to you. So what you care, like, stay in your lane. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, y'all, do y'all hear, like, do y'all get where I'm coming from? Like, I think, I think there, I think there's a capitalist mentality that's also a slave driving mentality behind it because capitalism, slavery go hand in hand, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's literally exploiting the marginalized. And the prosperity gospel has done nothing but exploit the margin. And that's just my opinion. I think it's the, it is, it's exploited the marginalized to a point um, that it's difficult for people to recover just because of the mentality that it's caused. And, I, and, I, and, and, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not condemning necessarily people who believe like this. I'm saying I think that this is this is not. I don't think that's something that's necessarily from us. I think that's something that's sort of adapted into as it kind of showed in the in the in the documentary. That was something that was sort of adapted into as we begin to develop that more of an individualist mentality as a society and a community. But I also I if also, that makes sense. I, if if I'm honest, I, I hear you. I if I'm honest, I also think I don't think all of the prosperity gospel is bad. Actually, no, quite, it's quite not. A, actually quite a bit of it, and here's why I think um, yes, it's individual, but it was 
unnecessary thing that was developed also because of something that was given to us. Absolutely. And I also- But that's where I think the nuance comes in because I think there's but, a brand for both. You see what I'm saying? I, yeah, because, but for me, I, I'm like, which is why I don't even like labeling it as that because mm. are there people who have gotten rich off of it? Sure. That's not even 99% of the people in the prosperity gospel. 99% right. of the gospel people in that- prosperity gospel look like us right and they're just trying to get enough hope for today and for me i'm like no i think what i am thinking about is the trash nature mm. that they're wrestling with and they're really wrestling with does god care about me in my economic situation today and so the person that would say, just care about what's in heaven for you. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, that's not good enough for the person who can't feed their kids or who is stuck paying off credit card debts. They're, they need something else. And, and the quote unquote prosperity gospel preacher is giving that to them, you know? And I'm like, it's tough for me. It's yeah. tough. And, and, and so I think from the doc, it, it kind of left that. And I, and I think what we're saying in general is it opens this huge thing that I think black people in general are labeled with the prosperity gospel, like ticket. But see, and, I think what you so, were saying, I think that's just the gospel. Yeah. Yes. I think yeah, what but, you're but saying but is so, the gospel. Yes. Yeah, so going to the documentary specifically is like, if you're going to open up this thing, I think it is kind of hard that you just like blew past it because this is something that we get labeled with. Right. And, people and so, so I think in the, so they brought up prosperity gospel, LGBTQ issues and homophobia mm -hmm. and deep church hurt. And, and I'm sexism. like, and sexism mm -hmm. and patriarchy. And I'm like, and that's that on top of like, and look at this historical black figure. I'm like, right. it's a lot to digest. But but see, like, and 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 this is the last thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say on that um prosperity thing. But what you were saying, like, so I think that's the gospel. And I think for the reason why I say I think it's nuanced and I wish they would have touched on it more is because what you're saying is is that people don't realize that. You see what I'm saying? Like people don't see that side of what they would call the prosperity gospel. They don't see that side of the of how that's necessary for the survival of our own people sometimes. You see what I'm saying? Like they only see like there's this sort of chasing of a capitalist dream that comes with this multi-level marketing schemes that comes, you see what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and there's this sort of feeding of um, the idea of you know black capitalism is the way. And I'm like, eh, I mean, Maybe there's a brand that I can get on board with, but I like that brand that you're pushing is not it. And that is because, and this is, this is, I, I have people that I love personally that, that have caught wind of that and they left the faith because it wasn't what they were taught because they didn't have what you were talking about, right? They didn't have that gospel. They had the multi-level marketing gospel. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That that's the that's the gospel that I have an issue with. Oh, I'm which sorry. Ain't I'm the gonna, gospel at all. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try to make this short uh, as, as a closing thought of mine real quick because I'm, I'm sitting here trying to synthesize a, a bunch of different things and we're talking about how a lot of uh, black people get labeled with the prosperity gospel thing mm. despite the fact that I guess the slave gospel would have been the first version of the prosperity gospel Ooh. um but <laughs> but um when 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 we we even talked about like to some degree how the black church um kind of ended up hurting some people along the way and i think one thing that we need to be very conscious of moving forward and, and we mentioned it when we talked about deconstructing everything about who do we think that god is that and, and we also talked about the the need to kind of like prove ourselves and let other people set the, the the contours of our discourse and our actions but i feel as though in that process of, of, of moral suasion and moral uplift and trying to prove our bona fides and everything the black church adopted just enough of, of the, the beliefs and the theology of the white church, just enough to trip ourselves up. Right. <laughs> and, 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 Hey guys, like we believe in the same God you do. And, and, and we just think that you should view us in this way because we're, we're good Christian people. And in the process, we started swallowing some beliefs and some, some, some views and things that, might not be uh they, they might not necessarily be in line with the cosmological design right um of 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 a god who is with us and not always like apart and above from us and i say that to say like my my closing thought <laughs> mine um is that we got to do some real examination of what we want our community to look like in the time that is to come. Um, because if it looks like it looked in the yesteryear based upon the people that we tried to call to account, then we kind of hustling backwards. Mm. And, and, and that's that on that. Amen, amen. That make a lot of sense. now have a patreon which patreon. i want to encourage each and every one of y'all to to visit at our uh, patreon.com slash three black men uh think through it pray through it ask god <laughs> if, if he would have you partake in this work that we're doing because on top of some bonus content here we have uh some blog pieces going up there's going to be some devotional content coming out and i want to encourage you guys um to visit that patreon patreon.com slash three black men go watch and, um, my kids ruin my videos go ahead watch, watch them. <laughs> them them babies ain't want nothing man matter of fact there's, there's more people gonna sign up to, to see them babies how about that bro <laughs>